0: Welcome to Podship Earth. This is your host, Jared Blumenfeld. I grew up in Grantchester, an English village just outside the university town of Cambridge. Grantchester is surrounded by flat farmland, and along the narrow river Cam, which connects Cambridge to Grantchester, are the meadows, which for 800 years have been home to herds of cattle and crowds of revellers. The Cam River was originally called the River Granta, and Chester is the name of English towns that had Roman camps 1,700 years ago. Think of Manchester or Colchester. So when you add those things together, Grantchester means the Roman camp on the River Granta. I grew up going to the local school a few blocks from my house, which was run by an amazing American principal called Beth Taylor. Opposite the school was a garage that sold sweets and Smurfs. The local store, which I called the Little Shop, was the heart of the village and village gossip. We also had a public housing project called the New Estate, which was built in the late 60s where most of my friends lived. And the 500 people in the village were also served by four pubs, an orchard with afternoon tea and an ancient church. I grew up bicycling through the fields, scrumping apples from the orchards and snogging on the meadows. Because of COVID, I hadn't been back to Grantchester for three years. So when the UK removed the quarantine requirements, my daughter Anya and I took the opportunity to go visit. My parents, Helene and Yorick, still live in the house which I was born in. I start by asking my mom how she fell in love with the house in Grantchester.
1: Well, at that time, it was in terrible condition. Everything seemed to be falling apart, but the garden was magical full of possibility and and also full of weeds and old, old trees and beautiful foliage. The village was extremely quiet and peaceful. You could leave your doors open all the time. The school was the, the main reason we chose the village, and it was the headmistress who told us about the house. You could just walk a half a block to the school. Both you and Ramey could just walk.
0: What happened to the character of the village, when the school closed?
1: The loss of the school um, was a big, a very big factor because it brought all elements of the village together. I was president of the PTA for a while. You know, people in the village who. And the village was partly working class, partly middle class, but quite a, ho- a large number of upper class people.
0: So, do you, 50 years later, do you feel part of the village?
1: I think we feel we belong in this village. During the pandemic, there was a very good spirit in the village. People called you to see if you needed anything. We certainly feel part of the village, yes.
0: Next up, I walk to my friend Carl Dunn's house, and I ring the bell. Um, As he opens the door, I think his dad uh, thinks he's, like, seen a ghost, but he immediately invites Anya and me in, and um, I ask Mick and Maggie... How they ended up in Granchester.
2: Uh, well, we chose to move here because our friends moved here and they just built these houses. So We was lucky enough to get one. What, uh, what year was that? 1967. Yeah, so we've been here 54 years. Yeah. So you you were young then, super young. <laughs> 24. Yeah. So it was it was a nice village then, in respect of everyone was the same age that moved on to the estate, so we all had young children. Yeah, and the school was here then, of course, um, and, and that's really when the, the village started to change, when the when the school closed down, it sort of took the heart out of the village, really.
0: What year did the school close, do you remember?
2: Yeah, early 80s and yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's really when it changed, because people stopped meeting each other so much, you know. That was it, really. And the shop, the shop was closed? shop was closed, yes which is another thing, of course, you know. Everyone has to go, either to Cambridge or the outlying Villages to get their shopping. Yes, yeah, so that it makes it a bit difficult. So you don't meet people as you did in the shop, you know, another yeah. thing.
0: And even I just saw the Green Man closed.
2: Yes, that's closed, yeah. It's, it's supposed to be opening, but uh, it's in a bit of a mess. It's gonna take a lot of money and time to do it, I think. Which is a shame. I've still got three other pubs, so we're lucky. In that respect. <laughs> so were you able
0: to buy this house at yes. a certain time? Yes. Tell me about that.
2: Uh, well, that was Maggie Thatcher About the only good thing she did as far as I'm concerned. So that would be the early, early 80s, I suppose, yeah. Most most people did buy them because, you know, it's you know, why not? Yeah. Um, and there's only a few left now that are uh, council.
0: How many people that you knew when you moved in still live
2: here? Uh, about a quarter I would think okay. yeah the rest have moved on or passed away but it's been, it's been good we've enjoyed it here you know and you've got a great view of the fields yes out the back yeah. Yeah. yeah right across to Barrington and uh, field yeah fortunately I haven't built anything only the motorway but that's, yeah. in, that's in a cutting anyway so yeah. hopefully it'll stay like that but uh, you never know these days they're building all the way around Cambridge aren't they yeah. you know and uh Not the most attractive properties in my view. little little boxes, aren't they?
0: So, Maggie, tell us what you've done in the village.
3: Um, First of all, I worked in the school as dinner lady.
0: Like, dinner lady was like a whole thing. Like, we got hot meals and, like, you'd cook them.
3: Yes, you had hot meal there because it was all cooked there and everything. And in the summer, we used to have all the chairs outside and the children used to eat their dinner outside. And then I went to the pub... Waitressing.
0: Which pub, Maggie?
3: The um, first of all, it was the Red Lion, and then the Green Man, and then I left there and started to look after the elderly people in the village. And I knew everyone in the village, but now I don't know anyone now, hardly.
0: And then you worked in the shop.
3: Yeah, but that was only for a very, very short while, about six months.
0: Just a few steps away from Mick and Maggie's house, as we just heard, is now a dog grooming parlour run by Christopher McNamara and his partner. I asked Chris,
4: what was here before? This used to be the village shop. 11 years ago, we took it over because the current owner wasn't able really to make much living out of selling a bit of bread and a bit of milk and stuff. And it was the ideal place for us because it was quite accessible from Cambridge and all the villages. We've made a roaring success of it a dog grooming yeah. <laughs> a dog grooming parlor and we're open four and a half days a week you know we've got dogs from all over the villages plus all over cambridge and some people come from as far away as huntington ely um Amazing. yeah it is yeah. and do you live in the village we live upstairs yes yeah, so flat upstairs so
0: it's perfect for us and uh, what's it like living all these years now in granchester
4: uh, very nice. We used to live in London, but, you know, it gets a bit tiresome. Living there close by Cambridge is beautiful, you know, it's a lovely, lovely city and uh, lots going on there. We enjoy it very much. Does it take a long time to get accepted into village life? Mm, sort of does, yeah. yeah. We've made a bit of an effort and we've made a f- few friends here, but there's lots of people coming and going. We have made lots of friends with people from outside of the UK because there's a lot of foreigners living here. We seem to be able to relate a bit better to them, I suppose. People keep to themselves, no one gives us any trouble, (laughs) which is nice. The countryside is great, especially during lockdown. It's been nice to have all this space, hundreds of acres of places you can walk, miles and miles of walks and stuff. And everyone has dogs, which works out business-wise. OK, from the
0: dog grooming, I go to my our most direct neighbors, which are the Burkett family, and I walk over to Francis and Joe Burkett, who are the third generation to live in the house, and I ask Francis about a very old Grantchester tradition, which he's helped recreate.
5: I can remember. One of my earlier childhood memories, aged about six, is looking over our garden wall and seeing all these grown-ups doing the barrel race. It's one of those extraordinary English traditions um, that is particular to this village. We're we're an amazingly lucky village in that although there are only 250 houses, we have four pubs in the village. And one of the important things is their names have got colours in them. So there's the blue ball, the red lion... The green man and actually the Rupert Brook, which doesn't have a colour. And they they challenged each other to roll old beer barrels up and down the street, up and down the Coton Road. And of course each one, each team has a colour, sixteen competitors in all, pushing these and these heavy old wooden beer barrels, they're they're quite difficult to push. Everybody says, Are they full? No, they're empty. They're empty of beer. Uh, we have the men's race, the ladies' race, the families race, and then we challenge the local villages to are county championships We've now got, I should think, nearly a hundred competitors, and we get two or three thousand spectators. People walk out from Cambridge. The genius of whoever decided to invent this race, when they, when, when in the 1950s, was to put it on Boxing Day at 12 noon on Boxing Day. Fabulous time of the year because, of course, everybody's spent the whole um, uh, previous day indoors. When the race is finished, they take an hour is straight back to the pub, so the pubs are absolutely heaving. The real point is, it's a fabulous community activity it brings us all together and and people talk about it for months before about who's going to be in what team and how we're going to organize it it's a very important part of the glue i think
0: like one of the sounds that we remember growing up since our houses are right next to each other is the sound of the of the cows coming to get milk twice a day and do you tell me about that memory that you have and and the Vigases were literally the sweetest nicest people ever
5: the farmland around us has been owned by Cambridge Colleges for the last 800 years. And when we were children, as you say, Bob Vigas was the was the farm tenant. And whereas now we're pretty much arable, wheat, barley and a bit of sugar beet, uh, Bob Vigas was particularly famous for his prize herd of simmental, cattle. And obviously they had to be milked every single day, walking 100 head of cattle up and down the street twice a day, holding up all the traffic. I mean, of course, the cows took priority over the traffic road, absolutely um, uh, littered with cow pads. But that was probably a scene that, again, had had been happening for the previous 100 years. There's a fantastic vet in Cambridge, and she now has about 40 cattle on the meadows uh, called Red Pole, which is a, north, a cross between a Norfolk breed and a Suffolk breed. So it's lovely to see the cattle back on the meadows, and the cattle are incredibly uh, good environmentally. They crop the grass in a very good way, much better than just cutting it or something like that. And in the spring or the winter, where it's, when it's very wet... Their hooves, the imprint that their hooves make in the soft grass is fabulous because the beetles and the bugs are the insects, like breeding in these little indentations. And of course, because they breed in the indentations, that attracts the birds who are coming to munch them. So the cattle are incredibly important for the environmental quality of our meadows.
0: So Joe, you marry Francis, you're <laughs> living in London, and he says, let's go back to this village I grew up in called Granchester. what? That was a while ago. What it what was, was the ago. feeling?
6: Coming into the village when the Burkitts have been here since 1928. So it's quite a lot of pressure to sort of do stuff <laughs> um, in a good way. But um, I don't think you could have moved into this house and just sort of, you know, sat sat behind the gate and, and, and not involved yourself in the village. Really. And obviously Francis did all the local politics. I now run the Parish Magazine. Which um, is,
0: you're... you're- Being very demure about it. Well,
6: it's really important, actually, because we don't, we no longer have a village shop. Um, That is now the lovely pet grooming parlour. We don't have a school anymore. Um, We have three pubs and an orchard tea room and a church, obviously. But there's a sort of, we almost lack a sort of community hub. And I just thought, actually, it's incredibly important. And, And if we lose it... It, you know it will, it will be tragic actually and it is a parish magazine which makes it sound as if it's sort of to do with the church but actually I've consciously tried to make it really a village magazine and you do have to subscribe to it I think it's five pounds a year very good value but actually almost everybody in the village gets it and I sort of sent out a plea saying you know we're not, we we have not got any content because there's nothing happening And it was incredible, actually, the sort of response I got and people sent in, you know, pictures and quizzes and stories and recipes and whatever, which was really nice, actually. So it suddenly became even more of a community magazine, actually. And that seems to, well, we're still sort of in COVID, aren't we? But that seems to have sort of stayed, which is great. So I know I think it's a really important, it's a really, really important part of the village. How long? I mean, I've done it for about, I don't know, six years or something. And I don't know how much longer, but we'll keep (laughs) going. It's...
0: It's I mean, it really be. is appreciated. People. I mean, when I speak to my parents, yeah, well, that's, they, it exactly, they, you they give...
6: Get, you don't always get that feedback, do you know what I mean? So, uh, I mean, a few people do give you feedback, but actually you don't always get the sort of, oh, it's really nice to get. Yeah.
0: And to your point, it is the glue. There's not much that holds. I mean, when we, when we were growing up, Frances and I, it was fairly static. It was academics, it was local villagers, and now it's all it's people from all different walks of life so the 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 place is is more diffuse in some ways
6: yeah i think that that probably is true i mean i think even since we've been here there has been a sort of noticeable Change in the in the demographic. Now there are many more people who commute to London, or just exactly just a wider demographic. It's a sort of, but that, that's not a bad thing. People sort of say, "Oh, Grant's just a satellite of Cambridge," and it really isn't. I mean, it really is a proper village in its own right, and it has its own identity. And I don't, yes, we are only two miles from Cambridge, but it's not. I mean, Trumpington, I think, is a satellite of Cambridge. I don't think I think that has less of its own identity, but I think Granchester, you know, really is. And then, of course, you've got the television programme, which is. Quite good. It was very good when James Autumn, was in it. It's slightly less good now. But, and that, again, so that has raised the profile. And, you know, sometimes you'll you'll go to church and people will have come specifically to Grantchester to come and look at the church because they've seen it on television, you know. So that, that's that's quite nice. Okay, Joe, wait, wait one second. I'm just going to play the promo for the
0: drama series Grantchester, which is in now in its fifth season. And you guys may... Uh, may want to listen to it.
4: <laughs> Where's your parish? Grantchester. Not a lot for you to do down there, I imagine.
0: Do you feel like you're accepted as part of the village
6: now, 20 years on? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's important to get involved. You know, if you live in this sort of community, that's, that's the point of it. You know, that's the point of a village, isn't it, really? That you know people and you, you, know, you, all, you all pull together
0: feels like a village was a a place that supported each other during covid and and that everyone was there to look out for each other.
6: Yeah, very much so. I think, you know, obviously we were all completely sort of shocked by covid and in fact we, ha- we have there are a lot of proportionally I think there are a lot of fairly elderly people in Grantchester actually so people used to go and you know uh, buy food pe- for people or get them you know prescriptions and or just go and you know talk to them through the you know from the obviously you couldn't go and you had to social distance but you know just go in and, and anybody who wanted anything so we went and dropped leaflets through every door and said you know the, this is the number to ring if you need anything and you know and then, and it just worked incredibly well actually people felt that they that there were people looking out for them and um, and you know supporting them if they needed it which was really important but it meant but it, the burden was shared through a lot of different people which was which was good because you know there's no way that one person could actually could have done with that so it was a uh, you know and then and also it meant that. You met people that you hadn't necessarily met before, you know, which was nice, you know. So I think that, yeah, it worked well. We had a relatively good COVID lockdown, well, particularly the first lockdown, I think, which was the, you know, the worst. Well, it wasn't the worst. The weather was nice and stuff, but it was the one where suddenly you weren't allowed to do anything or go anywhere or whatever, and I think that was quite scary for lots of people, particularly if they live by themselves, which a lot of the older people do. So yeah, no, it was, no, you know, it was, it was, it was a good, good effort.
0: So Shane, my uh, best friend and I met when we were five at the Grantchester School, which was, uh, yeah, as I said before, like on the site of an original Roman camp. And actually kids would find ancient coins in the playground. Bizarrely, like in England, many of the schools are run by the Church of England, which is actually pretty super weird. Anyway, it meant that Shane and I had to sing turgid Anglican religious songs every day at the all-school meetings. What was that like for you, Shane?
7: That was uh, very difficult for me, yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm sure you. <laughs> but um, I think um, it was uh, the same as every other school that you were supposed to have. By law, you're supposed to have RE, aren't you? So religious education is part of the uh, national curriculum even now.
0: And I was just talking to the Burkitts, like I'd never actually been in their house, but do you remember we used to go and steal their apples? Well,
7: look, this, don't think I haven't been thinking about this quite a lot lately, because this time of year is, is scrumping, uh, it's a scrumping season, and uh, we used to do a lot of that, and I can't scramble up walls like I used to be able to, and, um, and it's a shame, because I've got my eye on a couple of really nice apple trees in my neighbourhood. So I've been thinking about the Birkits. The burketts had these huge trees, very large apples, and they had lots of them. I mean, that wasn't just an orchard, and they didn't pick any. And they were they were big apples. You couldn't scrump but six of them because you couldn't carry them back over the wall, you know. And there was them, <laughs> but they were delicious. They were huge, juicy, and sweet.
0: We were so scared. I remember just being petrified. We just thought they're like the rope bailers were after us.
7: Yeah, it was a bit. Deliverance because their garden was so big, all right, and their trees were intimidatingly large. I've never seen apple trees that big actually, they were tall, they were 70 foot trees. And well, we were about two foot six, so maybe they looked a bit bigger than they actually were, but yes.
0: Do you remember like walking home through the meadows?
7: Yes, and uh, another summer thing in Cambridge is when you got to teenage years, we used to have parties in the meadows and walk home full of cider and things like that. walk home and it got dark in midsummer, So that was late, you know. But it was... Uh, uh, and I th- imagine kids are still doing that now. I love it. Down the meadows are great, aren't they? What would we have done without the meadows? I mean, we had we had a ball in those places in the summer.
0: And when you go back to Grand Estillet, how has it changed?
7: What's changed is they no longer have the Skoda Garage that sells the bottles of warm dandelion and burdock and has the smurf toys you know oh my
0: god you remember the smurf
7: toys yeah 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 great yeah i mean they were great
0: so yeah the garage do you know now shane it's uh it's called cambridge distillery it's a like boutique gin distillery
7: well you answered your own question there (laughs) once once grantchester becomes gentrified and hipstified then that's answering the question how has it changed I think that's I couldn't have anticipated that and we wouldn't have anticipated that when we were at school in short trousers No.
0: <laughs> so it went the Skoda garage and then next to it was the teeny little police station
7: yeah that was the it wasn't that the old English way it was basically you just get one police sergeant shove him in a house and he doesn't come out for anything you could have had a mad axeman who's escaped from fullborn or something and, and uh, he wouldn't really have if he was having his beans on toast he wouldn't have come out I remember him.
0: Like, what does it mean if Grantchester becomes gentrified like what does it mean for village life like generally
7: well I would expect there's a lot of pop-up bullshit restaurants that are overpriced and um, coffee becomes a thing I can't see there being a pop-up. Michelin-starred restaurant or a a food truck, Uh, is there? But there always was a fish and... Oh, really? Okay.
0: Yeah, there's a coffee stand, Shane. You kind of predicted it. predicted
7: it it all. Okay, well, it's happened. You don't need any further comment from me. It's already happening.
0: So right next to one of those pop-up coffee shops, actually there's only one in the village, in front of the gin distillery and next to the village hall, I meet up with Tess Recorden, who's an incredibly successful painter who lives in Granchester. So Tess, you know, the, as a kid, the village hall like had roller skating and every time my parents would take all, you know, have a party or something, we would get all the tables from underneath the stage and bring them to our house. But now you're in charge of, of really programming the arts in the village, which is incredible.
3: We still use the village hall, uh, and there's great tables, but they're no longer allowed to be stored under the stage due to fire and regulations. And they're in a really, really creepy, huge cupboard right at the back full of spiders, and I have to go in and get them out, and it terrifies me. But we have a village art exhibition every two years. Every single member of the village is invited to take part, as long as they're over 16. And however modest, however um, professional, their artwork, they get equal status, and it's really all about encouraging creativity in the community. Which is really what Crownchester is still about. I just want all of them to come out, be brave and share what they do. So this year we've actually been so lucky, we've raised so much money from a small event that we held. It was a mock farmer's market, which we really cashed in on, that this time we're actually going to have art classes throughout the year, just sort of starter sessions for people to get a taste of trying something. And I've got people talking about doing things they've wanted to do for 20 years and they're going to come along, which is great. And then the idea is, in the village hall, we'll pull those tables out that you remember so well and we'll show the work.
0: One thing that I was always told as a kid not sure it's true, is that Pink Floyd came up with a lot of their music at the Blue Ball Pub and in the Grantchester Meadows.
3: OK, so I did my arts foundation at Cambridge at what was then called um, the Cambridge College of Arts and Technology. And I was fortunate. I was in the last year that still used the studio that Pink Floyd were art college using. They had this little studio in a back street of Cambridge that they just used for life classes and it was lined with metal. So if you shouted or made a noise, it echoed. And that's where Pink Floyd, they did their art classes and then they just recorded and they just played around in their lunch breaks and that echo sound became endemic. It became part of their their sound and then they adopted it, acknowledged it and used it deliberately in the future. And very sadly, that was pulled down two years ago. I was heartbroken. And then they also went out to Granchester Meadows, which inspired them, just really, so they could do whatever they wanted with no one watching and listening, I think. Gave them the creative freedom they needed.
0: So off we go now to the village uh, orchard. Uh, you really can't go to Granchester, really can't, without having afternoon tea and scones and jam and cucumber sandwiches and flapjacks and a strong cup of Earl Grey at the orchard, which actually has been... Keeping this incredible village tradition alive, virtually unchanged since 1897, I'm going to go and talk to Jessica Harper, who manages the tea rooms. So Jessica, like the tradition is, is I think, pretty longstanding that people would punt in these flat boats with a big pole and push along the cam and then get off and have tea at the orchard.
8: So now I think less people are punting at the moment, so... Um, A lot of people kind of walk here from Cambridge, which I think is quite nice.
0: So there's like there's apple trees and then green chairs and people just chill out and drink tea and have scones.
8: Um, Yeah, the green deck chairs have kind of been here since I believe the start. Um, And I think they're still bought from the same company that they used to be bought for. And the, the tables are all exactly the same as they used to be.
0: Is this like home to you?
8: Uh, yeah, it's very much home to me. Um I'm here a lot anyway and but I really really care about the place. So I kind of want it to succeed and survive. So
0: And like, how many people work here, Jessica?
8: It really, really differs throughout the time of the year. So summer you're looking at about thirty, um winter's about fifteen, but we take on quite a lot of the uni students coming home to work here over the kind of summer period. So
0: So it's open all winter?
8: Uh yeah, we're open all winter. We just go down to like reduced hours.
0: And are there other places in England like this, or is this it? Like, I've never seen... Is this, like, a unique thing?
8: I think it is a very, very unique place to come. I think it's the history here, but also I think the atmosphere of the gardens, like, very, very relaxing, very, very laid back. Um, so I probably is unique. You might find other places, though. I don't know.
0: And did you grow up around here?
8: No, I didn't grow up around here. I moved here about three years ago, but I originate from Hitchin, but my auntie lives here, so I moved in with her. And I came to work here.
0: Hitchin's like pretty close.
8: Yeah, it's not too far away. I think I feel it's far away because I don't drive. But yeah, it's a lovely place to be.
0: And where do you live now? Do you live in the village?
8: Uh, No, I live just outside. But I'd like to live here someday, I think.
0: Is it really expensive to live in Granchester?
8: Yep, really, really expensive. The house prices are a little bit... I think they're one of the highest around the area of Cambridge. I think they're actually one of the places around Cambridge that have gone up in-house prices rather than going down this year
0: so is it just as someone who's got a good job who's working it's still hard hard to live in a place like this
8: yes definitely yeah it's quite hard anyway but yeah
0: so tell us a little bit about this is called the jessica the grantchester group so like yes. all, all these people so you got virginia wolf bertrand russell wittgenstein like all these famous em forster rupert brooke who the pub is named after like was there, is it an actual thing, or did you kind of make up the Grandchester group?
8: I'm pretty sure that's an actual thing. Nice. Um, we also have a lot of pictures in the Rupert Brooke Room um, of other like famous people who have visited throughout the years, so I think a lot of them went to Cambridge University and came here. And...
0: Do you know Rupert Brooke's poem?
8: I do know Rupert Brooke's poem. I couldn't recite it for you. Okay, but but it's
0: know. like something, something, the clock is still stuck at ten to three, and is there...
8: still honey for tea. <laughs>
0: Right, so the honey for tea was here?
8: Yes, yeah, it would be here. Do
0: you still have honey for tea?
8: We do still serve honey with tea if people ask for it. We also serve like honey with our like, afternoon teas we do, so we do bread and honey with them. So,
0: Thanks for keeping the tradition going, Jessica. OK, it's the uh, end of a long day, which means going to the Blue Bull pub which is the oldest pub in the village. It actually just celebrated its 250th birthday and uh, was named after a uh, hot air balloon that landed on the meadows eons ago, which actually the pub sits right on the on the meadows. It's had 24 landlords since it first opens its doors, one less than the number of vicars in the village church. And um, it's me and my mate's favourite pub where we used to go when we were like 16 and continue going today every time I come back. Um, Brittany and Will are serving tonight, and I asked Brittany why she's so knackered right now, which she keeps telling me as she's pouring a pint.
3: Because I didn't get very much sleep, and it's just a lot of standing around really, which makes you tired, I think.
0: So Will, how long have you worked at the Blue Ball?
4: I've worked here for (laughs) four months,
0: (laughs) yeah. Uh, did you grow up in the village? Uh, no, central Cambridge. I've been to go on to a lot of my life, to the meadows. Yeah,
6: swimming in the river, the usual.
0: So there was a whole like, controversy that people shouldn't swim in the river recently. Oh, yeah, that's rubbish. Yeah, that's rubbish.
6: Um, it's just part of our life and we've always done it. It'd be weird not to, you
0: know? And when I used to go swimming in the cam, we were always terrified of pike.
6: Oh, I'm terrified. I hate pike. I'm so pike.
1: scared of yeah. pike. I, I always f- say that yeah. they're gonna that they could kill yeah, me. Yeah, they can yeah.
0: nibble on your
6: feet.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can take your leg off.
6: Yeah, no, they can't. yeah. No,
0: they're, they're like prehistoric, and their teeth will go backwards, right? Yeah.
6: And that classic story of the girl who dropped in the river and got tangled in the weeds that everyone gets told. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think it actually happened, no. but.
0: So will so if you're in if you're in central Cambridge, which like is not very far away, like what's your why is Grantchester special?
6: Um, it's just like a nice, it's just a nice little break from the, it's not much of a city, but just a little, the buzz and the tourists in town. It's like being in the countryside, yet yeah, 10 minutes away. It's like it.
0: Timeless. And did you know that like Pink Floyd used to go to this pub? There's a song about Grantchester the Pink Floyd wrote.
3: Really? I can't believe they went to this pub. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I do find that very, and very
6: cool.
3: Yeah. You mean Pink Floyd? We
6: could be Pink Floyd if only I could play any instruments.
3: You
6: can. You can play one song.
0: (laughs) So Brittany, why do you want to do the
3: PCT? Because I love walking, and I don't love. Well, I love people. I think people are beautiful, but I also kind of hate them. (laughs) uh... (laughs) Um, And yeah, I don't know. It's just on a. It's just on my bucket list, really.
0: You've got to do it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. A huge
0: thank you to the village of Grantchester for putting up with me for a week of random visits and for all the mischief I caused as a child. Thank you to my mom, Helene, Mick and Maggie Dunn, Christopher McNamara, Frances and Joe Burkett, Shane Minogue, Testra Corden, Jessica Harper, Brittany and Will, and... My daughter, Anya, for being such a good sport and doing all the interviews with me. Grantchester occupies a very special place in my heart. The way the clouds form into black-bottomed jellyfish skirting the village's horizon. The smell of old wood and hundreds of years of spilt beer at the Blue Ball pub. The sense that the meadows exist enchanted under an ancient spell. The cedar of Lebanon twisting over my childhood home. And yet, just like the world around us, changes have pushed the village to understand that despite the loss of the school, the village shop, and the green man pub, the glue that holds the community together still exists. The parish magazine, pubs, orchard, barrel races, art classes, church, and the networks of neighbors that banded together to help during COVID show the evolution of community, In a sea of dislocation, they are the elements that keep Grantchester, quintessentially, Grantchester.
1: Say, is there beauty yet to find, and
3: certainty, and quiet kind? Deep meadows yet, for to forget the lies, and truths, and pain. Oh, yet stands the church clock at ten to three.
5: And is there honey still for tea?
0: Thank you each so much for being part of the Podge of Earth journey. From the entire Podge of Earth crew, sound engineer Rob Spade, executive producer David Kahn. And from me, Jared Blumenfeld, I appreciate you visiting with me in Grantchester.